0: Hello and welcome to For the Love of Truth. This is episode 225 and is another in the Back to Health series. Today I am speaking to Cecile and Cecile's story really starts health-wise when she returned from a trip to New Zealand when she was younger. And in the course of our discussion, she details about how her health got progressively worse and the various things that the doctors tried to do to assist And it was only when she took charge of her own health and started to do research into what had been prescribed in order to help her condition that she started to make some different choices and really took full responsibility for her own health pathway. In addition, she talks to us about her children and one of her daughters in particular, whose health radically changed after a very quick visit to a doctor to get what many consider to be a routine treatment that is offered to all youngsters these days. Cecile's story is like so many other stories we've been hearing recently, where taking responsibility and charge for your own health, deciding what you will do to your body and have done to your body, and focusing in on detoxification and correct and proper nutrition. And she also goes on to detail how it doesn't have to be expensive, it doesn't have to be difficult, it's more often than not just common sense. It is a delightful discussion that we had, and I believe you will enjoy it. And if you have a health story that you would like to share with me, then I'd like to talk to you about that. The easiest way to reach me is to go to fortheloveoftruth.co.uk, click on Contact Us, and fill in a web form and send that to me so that we can start a discussion. You guys are absolutely amazing, and I'm looking forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. First of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the show. And by the way, is that another piece of your artwork behind you?
1: Yes, yes. Here you it's, go.
0: <laughs> that's really, you're such a good artist. That's beautiful.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like uh, I like filling up with uh, color and all sorts of details and stuff. And I have a passion for uh, everything with domes, so yeah. mosque and you know Kremlin and stuff like that. So.
2: Okay, all right. Well,
0: <laughs> I thought it would be. It's funny you were saying before we started to record this that it's we're all saying the same thing. I, I see reflections of myself in all of you as well. That you know we're all we've all got the same message and that was the whole purpose behind me doing this series was for people to recognize that if you just do some basic stuff, you can claim your health back. It's not complex yeah. at all.
1: Yeah. And you don't need to be a scientist. You don't need to be a doctor. You just need to be a common people and you just need to be, I don't know, to listen to your gut, your inner voice, your, the little experience you go through your life. Yeah. And we l- eventually we all wake up, we all realize what needs to be done, you know,
2: and, Absolutely. How
1: come, yeah, and how to get to, because the perfect health is what we are born with. Yes. So our body and our mind will always aim to that. Yes. You know, like you can't go over, you know, you can't do something different. Eventually it's not going to work. You just have to That's right. know, aim to the perfect health.
0: That's good. So could you start maybe by telling us a little bit about your background and your story as it unfolded? Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay, so um, I'm born, uh, I would say, the regular, common uh, girl who went to school, who uh, got, uh, v- you know, vaccinated, uh, you know, like, I uh, have a twin sister, so we were born, you know, um, uh, pre-term, so we were vaccinated in time. I have, my, like, my vaccination book from France, where everything has been followed up and stuff, mm-hmm. and when I was about 13, my mom took me for a shot, and I really had a bad, bad reaction, like... I was uh, having temperature and uh, mm-hmm. lost consciousness, uh, and my mom spent the night, uh, you know, beside my bed, and she really thought I was going to pass, and she swore to me that uh, I will never get vaccinated again, and it was, you know, useless, worthless, and stuff. And you know, and after that, we all healed and got better, and I forgot about it. You know, mm-hmm. I just went on and lived my life. So when I was about twenty-seven. I had the opportunity to go to New Zealand, so I thought, you know, I better check with my uh, doctor to see, you know, if that's okay to go and stuff. And he said, oh, if you go over there, you know, you need to get a lot of uh, uh, shots like uh, uh, typhoid, yellow fever, and maybe some uh, hepatitis B shot as well and stuff. And I said, you know whatever you think is right. You know, I really thought, you know, he had the, the white coat. So mm-hmm. I didn't question that. Mm-hmm. So I got a, a little uh, yellow booklet for uh, vaccination travel mm-hmm. and I got all the, all the shot. And while I was getting all the shots, I had to stay over, you know, I'd say about half an hour, an hour, yeah. you know, in the, at the, the doctor, you know, lying down. And uh, because he said, in case you have a side effect. And I said, Oh, I thought vaccination was safe. Like, so you we can have side effects, you know, I was like, Oh, okay. And I didn't have anything. So everything was fine and stuff. So I went to New Zealand, I had a fabulous year and stuff. And it was only for a year. So when I came back, I don't know if it was the fact of coming back from, you know, the summer over there and, you know, leaving all the friends you made for a year and stuff. But uh, I was really, um, i don't know in a bad place like i was really depressed Mm -hmm. and i had a lot lot of problem with my uh with my health Mm -hmm. like i really thought i had a bacteria in my stomach because i was losing a lot of weight very quickly And I was like, um, and my health was really turning poorly. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, oh, you know, what the hell was going on? So I said, maybe it's just the place where I am. So I I was in Paris with my sister. So I decided maybe I'll just move. I'll just apply for uh, jobs and, Mm -hmm. you know, and have another, uh, you know, adventure. So my adventure uh, brought me to Ireland, Mm -hmm. where I am now in Dublin. And uh, I wasn't in Dublin. First, I was in Clare and stuff. So everything went well. And I think everything went better because... I stopped having a, I didn't have a doctor anymore. You know like I spent spend <laughs> like the my uh, the year coming to to that yeah. where I didn't see a doctor, I was taking no medication, everything was fantastic. And then I met my husband and um I had a little scare before uh, you know we were trying to get pregnant and uh, I had a, what it's called a mole pregnancy and a mole pregnancy is like uh uh You think you're growing a baby, but it's not a baby. It's like a, 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 would I say, a a mistake which happened in your body where there's no heartbeat, but there's a kind of a grape Mm -hmm. uh, form, like growing in your uterus. Mm. So I, I, uh, you know, at at three months they noticed there was no heartbeat, so they said we need to take it off. So it was taken off, and then I was offered uh, a chemotherapy. Because they said, you know, you should go and get this because it might come back, or it might, uh, uh, there might be a bit of leftover, and you might develop a cancer in future years. And I said. Yeah, but I just might. And I said, I look into it and it's very rare. It's like 10% rare. So Mm -hmm. I don't think I need a chemotherapy. So for six months, I got a phone call probably every week asking me if I wanted to take this chemo and saying that it was much better. And the oncologist calling me and I kept refusing. I just said, no, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. So eventually they left me alone six months later and they told me I'll have a difficulty having kids. And maybe I will be sterile in the future or things like that. You know, lots of, uh, mm. I don't know, fear mongering. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I had I was told to be, to to stay away from pregnancy for two years. Mm-hmm. So I waited for the two years. And when the two years checkup came, I felt pregnant straight away. Mm-hmm. So in my chart, I just mentioned I had a mole pregnancy and they were like very surprised. They were like, oh, usually, you know, it's hard to have a baby and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So my first baby I had when I was 35. And when I was pregnant, I was offered a Rogam shot because I'm a resus negative. And I didn't know at that time, they never asked me, my husband Rhesus, you know, they just gave it to me. Mm-hmm. So you get one shot while you're pregnant, i say about 30 weeks and one after your pregnancy. And uh, like my baby was fine, but I noticed she's completely different from all my other kids. Mm-hmm. Like she's slightly autistic. She's very, uh, she keeps for herself. Like she's such a, she was such a quiet baby that I was bored. Like mm. I had to look after other babies, you know, to, to kind of, uh, you know, because she was just a baby by the book, like it, never any problem or whatever, but she was missing, you know, she wasn't playing as much. She was not social. She was not walking. She was really delayed from mm-hmm. other babies, but I was told there was nothing wrong with her mm-hmm. and, uh, came to, uh, um, probably about or five when she started Montessori school yeah so that she was three years old mm. she was completely mute she wouldn't she wouldn't talk mm-hmm. so we were saying oh it's because of you you speak French at home so you have her you know um, confused with two languages but uh, there's nothing wrong with your daughter she's just very shy and confused with the language but the only thing she stayed mute until she was seven. Hmm. and I never had a di- diagnostic I always told you know the teacher at school do you think she's um, autistic and they always told me no not really she's just very quiet I think they couldn't really see you know uh, anything with her hmm. like you know they just thought she was just the perfect child who had nothing to say and you know hmm. who was just uh, the sitting there and doing nothing so it was perfect with school you know hmm. and uh, but anyway at uh, came at the age of seven she started to out, come out of this uh, blur of this uh, mm-hmm. silent uh, blur and uh, we had a I don't know I was uh, reaching to her and we had a lot of talk to her and she always told me that she was there but she was like she couldn't come out she couldn't uh, mm-hmm. break the wall mm-hmm. and she said she was not in pain but she was very um I don't know uh she was depraved of any feelings, like she had no, you know, by example, now she's an animal whisperer, she's a very intuitive and stuff like that, but mm. all those things, she didn't have them while she grew up, she was really a kind of a, I don't know, prison into a bubble, mm-hmm. so when she started to talk, she started to become like, a, she's not, a, you know, outgoing now, but mm. she, she's much more intuitive, you know, um, I don't know, confident, and uh, as I say, slightly autistic uh, regarding the... Socially social uh, part of it. Like mm-hmm. by example, she is now she's going to be sixteen in September, so but mm-hmm. she's not a sixteen year old. She likes to play, she likes to do her own thing, she doesn't care about the fashion, she doesn't care about anything. She mm-hmm. she's she just passionate about her own thing mm-hmm. and she's she couldn't care less to be judged she when she gives her a friendship to somebody it's for life mm-hmm. she's really like a i don't know she's a special shy to uh, to me because i don't don't want her to change but she always told me that she was in that kind of uh, i don't know bubble where she couldn't uh, communicate with people and she didn't know how and she didn't know so she was just uh, it, it all came from, as I say, at seven, mm. where she uh, kind of uh, started, probably to exercise more, mm-hmm. so to detox more, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then in the meantime, oh, so much anything happens. So when she was small, and uh, my uh, my second child, my son, was born as well, my dad uh, was coming out of, of divorce with my mother, and he mm. was living with my sister, and he had. Uh, I would say he was working in a nuclear so he, he had a really good um uh, i would say a perfect uh, healthcare. meaning mm-hmm. he was looked after you know probably he had everything mm-hmm. but all his life my dad took no tablets whatsoever the only thing he, he knew he had was um, high blood pressure mm-hmm. but he, he refused to take anything he was really he always said Whatever goes wrong with me i 'll bring it to my death because i don 't want to go in an hospital or whatever. Mm-hmm. but uh, when he was sixty, going through the the, the, the divorce he, uh, my sister, who was really caring for uh, him, bringing him to the doctor regularly and stuff like that and my dad uh, was uh, going to visit my granny you know every so often, mm-hmm. and my gradi- gr- my granny had a brain aneurysm Uh while he was over visiting and I think it gave him a shock. Uh It was his first trauma because after that his uh, health starting to deteriorate Uh and he had a problem with his heart, like a kind of mini heart attack. Uh So he was put a stent and he was given about I'd say six or seven medication that Uh he had to take. So he started to go in that. And uh, while he went into that, my sister told me he was offered the flu shot as well because he Uh had to go and see the cardiologist and stuff. And it's a bit mandatory. Uh And two months later, my dad woke up in the morning and he couldn't move from the bed. He couldn't uh, go to the toilet or anything. Uh So my sister called an ambulance. He went into an ambulance and he was paralyzed. Like from one day, one night going to bed to the following day paralyzed. So they kept him on a, you know... Thinking maybe it was a one-off. That yeah. it, after a few days or a few weeks it will wear off, but it didn't. Yeah. So eventually they started to investigate all sorts of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they went from multiple sclerosis, which was more likely, to lupus, to uh, transverse myelitis, to Guillain-Barré syndrome, to all that, without really being sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the meantime, he was having more and more treatment. He mm-hmm. even had a, a brain, a brain. Um, uh, they were taking, you know, sample of his brain, sample oh, yeah. of his spine, loads of things like that. He had a, I think he had a chemotherapy session to see if he was responding to that because no medication was getting him out. Yeah. And eventually after probably about six months, they said that I say he was uh, in a, on a high medication and stuff like that. He was not doing, you know, he was not um, getting better. Mm. So he was staying for good in the hospital. He wasn't allowed to come home back home at the weekend or anything like that. He mm. was kept, you know, for good. And then came the swine flu pandemic. And of course, because he was in the hospital, he was given the, that shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was given that shot, he deteriorated very quickly. Mm-hmm. He, he started to have epilepsy seizures. Mm-hmm. And because of his condition, he, he straight away, he got a DNR, a do not resuscitate. Mm-hmm. So he was having a regular epilepsy seizure, but he wasn't to be intubated anymore. He mm-hmm. was only intubated once and then he got the do not resuscitate. Mm-hmm. So uh, because of the the epilepsy seizures were really bad, mm. we were, uh, he, put, he was put in the palliative care mm-hmm. and we were told that uh, we had only three months to spend with him, that he was going to die. Mm. And uh, I was in denial the rest of my family as well like we were thinking you know he's only 60 mm-hmm. it, 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 it cannot be true you know he's going to come back yeah. he's going to walk they'll find a cure or whatever you know we, we, we couldn't believe it but uh, you know i don't know when you go into those places, palliative care we call them mouroir in french which spell which means place where you die you know yeah. so there's no way out mm-hmm. you are uh, under morphine you know you're not mm-hmm. fed because you cannot feed yourself so you're not fed by the spoon well, so you're, you're
0: no longer living are you
2: we'll be back after a quick break
0: welcome to the alchemy of natural healing i'm your host laurel dewey true healing is an alchemical process meaning it must transform you on all levels body mind and spirit What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started.
1: No, you just waste away and you know and you're a vegetable on on the bed and yeah. that's it you know yeah. so eventually my dad passed away and uh, it was a lot of misery because it happened in a in a, in a lapse of two years and mm. it was getting worse and worse and as I say we were in denial we were expecting a miracle we thought we had another 20 years to live with my dad and it was a real big shock with my sister mm. my sister uh you know had to go through um uh, you know counseling because she suffered with uh I don't know, a lot of probably guilt and Mm -hmm. uh, remorse and, uh, you know, and depression after that. And me, because I was living away, I thought I was a bit better, you know, and, uh, and I could look back on the old picture and, you know, and think that's the way it meant to be. And as well, I've always been more spiritual. So I kind of uh, was connecting to his soul and I was thinking the afterlife is much better and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. everything was fine. I didn't really look into all the process coming to his death like as a, something I should take notes or experience mm-hmm. about or whatever. It was just, you know, whenever I called my sister, she would tell me, Oh, do you know that dad got the flu shot before he got his problem with his heart? And then she'd tell me, do you know that dad got the swine flu shot before he got his epilepsy? And I was like, but I, it was dots, but I was not, I wasn't connecting them, you know, together. I was Mm -hmm. just, the information was coming in, but I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. I was just Mm -hmm. not thinking about that. And then I had my, uh, my third and my fourth child. So I was uh, 46 when I had my fourth child. So I was at risk. Mm -hmm. And um, when I had her, everything went well. You know, she was born perfect, but uh, they thought she had you know, Down syndrome or everything like that. So she was taken from me, given a bottle, even though I didn't want to and stuff like that. But eventually she went back to me and they said, no, no, it's just the the birth, you know, coming out, you know, but she was a little bit, her head was a little bit traumatized, but she doesn't have, Mm -hmm. you know, Down syndrome or anything like that. And so she was my last baby. So I don't know, my eyes were more on her than any other baby because I always had a sister or brother who were pregnant mm-hmm. after the other. So when I brought her to a 18 month shot, I've, I always delayed the vaccine because I always thought in my gut that it was too much for such small babies. So I always probably started vaccinating my babies where they were about six months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I'll catch up, I'll do six, eight, 10, and 12, you know, mm-hmm. like a kind of, a, but not when they were super small. I was waiting, mm-hmm. but you know, <laughs> there's no need to delay poison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you give it at two months, or at birth, or at mm-hmm. six months, or two years, poison mm-hmm. is poison. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, so it didn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. So at eighteen months, I think she got her um, probably her twelve-month shot or something like that. And she had a really bad reaction mm. where she had a lot of temperature. I couldn't cap her down. Her, I could see her brain was swollen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, her, her forehead was really swollen. Mm-hmm. Her eyes were looking inward. Uh, she was fading away a lot of diarrhea, vomiting mm-hmm. diarrhea and stuff like that. And uh, every day when she was, and the the temperature will come, like it will be for two or three days and then it will go for a week Mm -hmm. and then it will come back and Mm -hmm. she'll have a boot of temperature and stuff like that. And I'll be like, so I'll be always at my doctor saying, you know, since the shot, she's not doing well. And Mm -hmm. he was like, you know what, she's all normal. It's all in your head. Uh, You know, babies have a a certain reaction, but it's all good. She will eat, she will thrive, eventually her eyes will get better. You should see, you know, a specialist for the eyes and stuff like that. And I noticed as well that she was walking perfect, you know, at that time. And after the shot, whenever she felt better to Mm. walk, her walking was inward, Mm. you know, like feet like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was like, and she was fading away and, uh, you know, and I was like, there's something wrong, but... I, it's like I didn't have any, um, any, uh, how would I say, uh, any voice, you know, mm-hmm. like the doctor was just rebooting me. And because I think uh, things happen in the universe, we got our house broken into, uh, you know, one night. Mm. And we got, uh, you know, money stolen and bits and pieces stolen or mm. cars stolen and stuff like that. But our car uh, broke down down the road. So eventually we found it, you know, it wasn't too yeah. much of a big deal. But I think it was the little uh, drop, on top of my glass Mm -hmm. meaning i put so much into what was happening and what i was living through that on that day i realized that i was i had out-of-body experiences like Mm -hmm. i was sitting but i wasn't in my body anymore yeah and uh, i had like a really blank moment where i was driving the car and i wouldn't like i was at the red light and i was leaving my body and car will be beep at me and then when I will come back to my body I will be like oh like you know where where am I so Mm -hmm. I thought something wrong with me like I'm really tired and I'm not Mm -hmm. feeling well and there's this strange feeling about me so I went to my GP and he took a blood test and then the blood test came back really quickly he gave me a call he said come back to the surgery Mm -hmm. there's a problem with you so I went in and he said your thyroid has ceased to function completely and I was Mm -hmm. like what and he said yeah you're not making any hormones whatsoever so that's why you are you are now hypothyroid mm-hmm. and i said how does it come from and he said oh it's common maybe you know after your pregnancy like you know it was 2 years like uh-huh. My, my, my daughter was two years so that was two years that I was pregnant so I was sure that it was not hmm. nothing to do with the pregnancy because it was too long ago he said yeah the thyroid can get tired and you're just overwhelmed by everything what happened to you so that's it and he said uh, because of the result of the blood test we can see that the antibodies you know show something which shouldn't show so it means it's autoimmune hmm. and I was like autoimmune really Oh, he said, oh, don't worry about the term autoimmune. It just means that it happens out of the, you know, it falls on you. It happens out of nowhere. And then That, there's that no sounds cure. really
0: scientific, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's, it, autoimmune means there's no cure. Hmm. You know, that's nice. So you love it all your life. So I was given a, a tablet hmm. for hypothyroidism, which is levotirox, which has a loads of uh, bad side effects. And I was told to... Uh, start a really low dose, like 25 micrograms and build it up, up to 150 micrograms. Mm-hmm. But when I was on 25 micrograms, I really had bad side effects, like uh, you know, my heart will go crazy. I'll start to sweat, to go cold. I'll, I'll, I'll feel like I was fainting. Mm-hmm. I'll feel my, like my head was going to pop. I just felt worse. Mm. So every time I was going to see him, I said, I still haven't gone up from 25 microgram. I can't. Mm. I'm just really, really bad. And he said, no, you need to, because otherwise you're not, replace, you're not going to replace your hormones and you're going to die and it's really bad for you and stuff like that. And I was like, no, I can't. So I went home and I started to sh- research everything about that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, pill. And I was like, first, it's not even to treat hypothyroidism. It's a, it's a pill to which was made originally for uh, uh, being an antidepressant or for people who had um, cholesterol. So I was like, fuck, you know, like something works for everything else. After that, it's just yeah. weird. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, there's no proof that it's, it brings up your hormones. Like, mm. So I was like, what the hell? What am I taking that? So I decided because uh, I sent an email to my GP and I said, listen, I'm really bad this week and I have visitors coming. I think it was my sister back then. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to go off uh, that uh, thing for a week. I'll take it off next week. And he said, are you crazy? You're going to do bad damage. You'll never recover. You'll uh, you never get better, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, and uh, you might even, it might even be a dense sentence for you. And I was like, what the hell? So I said, you know what? I'm just going to stop. And that yeah. week when I stopped, I started to feel better. Hmm. I started to laugh. I started to have a bit more energy. I started to sleep better. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> interesting, <laughs> you know, and uh, my sister went home and I said, she said, you know, you never look into YouTube. You don't do anything with your computer. And I said, no, no. You know, I just check my email and hmm. that's it. She said, you should look into, you know, um, things like that you know like uh, look you know if you could find maybe i don't know a replacement for uh, you know something yeah. you could replace to help your thyroid so i started to look onto youtube and you know i think when you have a prayer when you're really down to the bottom and you think you're never coming out mm. and every day is uh, uh, i don't know it's like a i don't know every day is your last day because you think i can't get through another day like that yeah you know every night i was going to bed i was praying that uh, For my kids, I wanted to get better. I wanted to heal and I wanted to, uh, you know, to get the the energy to be around them. And because I was saying things to my kids, like, you know, maybe mom won't be around too long. You know, I started, I was starting to feel like the doctor was telling me to feel, you know, Mm -hmm. like that it wasn't going to get better or things like that. So uh, one one evening I made this prayer and I said, listen, God, I really want you to help. And I said, and if you help me, if you help me to heal, to find a way to to get, a, I'll 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 swear to God, I'll be a better person. Mm-hmm. I will uh, sp- I will uh, help other people. I will become just a, and I'll be the best mom in the world. And you know all those promises and stuff. And on the following day, I was on YouTube, started to to find you know cure for hypothyroidism, mm-hmm. uh, how to heal hypothyroidism naturally. And I found I don't know a list. Long like my arm of people were giving advice for free, Mm -hmm. who who came through the same experience. And a lot of people were like me, they were like, they didn't have any money to spend into healing, Mm. but they really wanted to be better. So it was all about simple, cheap, uh, little life changing acts that Mm. you can use. Mm. So First, I think I started to meditate, Mm -hmm. you know, to take time to think about myself and to love myself, to forgive myself, to go back in the past to all the trauma I had Mm -hmm. and to kind of clean it up and, you know, and to accept who I was and uh, to accept what was coming to me and to say, listen, you know, there's always, uh, after the rain comes the sunshine, you know, there's always a better day, you know, so I started to be a bit more positive. And then I I, uh, got a juicer and I started to juice and because I had no appetite, you know, when you have no thyroid, you, the appetite, you can't eat anything. It's like Mm. cardboard in your mouth. So I just started to juice and uh, juice and juice and, and the lots of greens and lots of uh, very nice things and juicing for my kids. And then I bought a smoothie maker. And after probably a week or two, my uh, ailments that I had, I had a really bad cystic acne. It started to heal. Mm. I had a lupus on my face, like a red, a dry patch down to there and mm-hmm. you know very you know kind of eczema on my face the mm-hmm. same started to heal uh my uh you, you know i had a really yellow colored eyes as well they started to go white and you know the i don't know my vision started to get better you know yeah. like a, I felt the energy in me. I felt the I, uh, the appetite was coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to laugh. I wanted to catch. I had more. Uh, you know, I had my friend who was doing my hair coming to my to my house, and she'll co- she'll do my hair. She'll she'll leave, and I'll be like, oh, wrecked, tired for talking hmm. for half an hour. And after that, I started to feel that I was all those good moments I was having where, you know, they were not yeah. destroying me anymore. They yeah. were, you know, everything was going, yeah. you know, I was just thriving. Everything around me was thriving and you get this confident boost and this, I don't know, um, almost like, um, you know, I don't know. It's like you almost see God, like, you know, it's almost mm-hmm. like a, a divine intervention. You really think, my God, that's so simple. Mm-hmm. And that is it. Elf is that, you know, it's just mm-hmm. uh, put everything into, uh, Helping yourself, you know, but not only uh, by feeding yourself, it's as well talking to yourself, yeah. have a connection to God, uh, tell the truth to people, you know, mm-hmm. being honest with yourself, stop having, putting a mask and saying, no, no, everything is fine. I'm all, all right. Or whatever. Yeah. Being truthful and telling yeah. your journey to people. Look, I went through that and I heal so you can heal as well. Mm-hmm. And I started to be, I don't know, to be the better person I promised to be. Mm-hmm. And that's how my healing journey came up to be. But as I said, the healing process was so fast like everybody I was listening saying like give a year to see how you went better but I really for me it was a matter of month mm-hmm. you know I was like I'd say but after two months I said I yield about 80 percent I wow. knew I was You know, everything I couldn't do anymore, I could do again, you know, Mm. I could uh, paint, I could, uh, you know, um, do exercise, walk, uh, uh, you know, cop on days with my kids, even change the beds, you know, like things I couldn't do anymore. Mm. Everything was just the energy and the confidence was back into me Mm. and uh, all that um, Things happen. I was like uh, 45 when my heart, when my, uh, you know, I had this big trauma and this big shock and yeah. my health collapsed. And now I am 50 and uh, people who are around me and saw me from that lapse of years, mm-hmm. they know what I went through, but they are like, it was like you had nothing because mm-hmm. You just you know bounce back so quickly and I said no because it was all on paper I like I had like a, a long list of uh, specialists I needed to go and see mm-hmm. to check everything else like I had rheumatoid arthritis I had all sorts of uh, problem with my heart I had a, a you know problem with anxiety I mm-hmm. couldn't handle the stress mm-hmm. I would sweat profusely and shake like you know like a uh, an old woman you mm-hmm, know for mm-hmm. hours on end i couldn't cope with anything and uh, all i did was so this juicing uh drinking apple cider vinegar with water diluted as well
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh taking coconut oil mm-hmm. um i only discovered cbd oil just to help my daughter first you know my last mm-hmm. daughter who was uh you know vaccine injured so all mm-hmm. the cbd oil i will get will be for her you know mm-hmm. and then after that i tried on but uh, I had just, uh, you know, uh, healing very naturally with, mm-hmm. basic, basic stuff, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, vitamin C powder, you know, things like that really basic and really, um, you know, nothing complicated, mm-hmm. nothing expensive, nothing, uh, that you wouldn't find, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and as well, I opened my mind to all sorts of different things. Like, you know, I opened my mind to, uh, trying like, uh, you know, um, uh, I was a big fan, and I'm still. A, I'm still. Um, you know, of enema and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, things I, I never thought was possible, or you know, like I mm-hmm. had to watch a video how to do you mm-hmm. how you do that. You know, mm. and uh, and everything. If you put your heart to it and yep. your will to heal, everything you do, anything, even yes. a tiny little bit, is going to help
0: you. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that, that's that's absolutely magnificent, and and the point you make about how quickly you can recover. Once you start to get the nutrition right and you start to get the toxins out of the way because they both play a part, it it is amazing how fast your body knows what to do. It just needs to be supported and emotionally as well.
1: Yeah. And the more you look into it, the more you get people to tell you a bit more. So your knowledge expands. Your confidence becomes even stronger. So you actually become like I am 50 now and I have more energy than when I was 20. Yeah. Like I cope with my kids. Yeah. I go for a group walk with my friends every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am the youngest out of my two friends, you know? Mm-hmm. like uh, So it's amazing, you know, if you really are determined and you're really positive and you really know what what you're doing is good for you. Yes. You know, you just, uh, that's it. You know, it's a miracle. And yeah. the miracle that I expected for my dad happened yeah. to me. <laughs>
0: Well, then it was meant to. So knowing what you know now, what what would you, if you could go back to the 20 year old self, you, what would you say to yourself?
1: I I thought about that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) First, because I think I was a bit of a, you know, free spirit and stuff like that. I would Mm. say never stop being a child. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to yourself because your gut is going to tell you yeah. you know what's right and what's not right and even you know you have these little feelings when you meet people if they are good people or not you know yeah. like uh even with a mask on or not you know yeah. so just just be yourself uh, love yourself have trust in yourself mm. and as well and, and as well something i never knew how to do is say no mm. no mm. no i don't want it no mm-hmm. that's enough no uh, it's not for me no i'm going to do it my way You know, like now, you know, I had this big argument with my GP that I meet once in a while, you know, in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. And he has respect for me. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to say no. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And uh, uh, your life is your life. It belongs to you. You do whatever you want to do Mm -hmm. with it, you know. Mm -hmm. And even if it shocks you, it shocks somebody else, your family or whatever, Mm -hmm. that you don't want to get the chemo or you don't want to go that way. Just tell them it's my life. I'm going to try it on this way. And Mm -hmm. that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You just say no. No is an important thing to say. And as well, I will tell myself that uh, not to vaccinate any of my kids because I think it's useless. Mm -hmm. You can unvaccinate. It's poison. You know, I I look into viruses long before the coronavirus Mm exists. And I'm telling you, they don't exist. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't need to be poisoned further. We are perfect. We have a great immune system. I really believe that people who have a reaction after vaccine are people who have got a healthy immune system. Mm -hmm. And people who don't have a reaction, you think they are fine. They Mm -hmm. actually have an immune system compromised already. So the the poison is trying to be lodged somewhere. But it's just a time bomb. Eventually, it will come up. It will move into your body, and it will affect you eventually. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I said there's no... As somebody used to say, the only good vaccine is the one you never get.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Aye. (laughs) Well, that's magnificent. So if, if you could say anything to anyone watching this about any health issues they might have based on your experience, what would you say to them?
1: but i'll say listen to your mind and i said uh, have a little try yourself be your own experiment mm. you know by example reduce your uh, medication so research for your medication for mm. the side effect because you can see sometimes the side effects are the what you want to be cured of by example you take an antidepressant and it gives you su- suicidal tendencies you know mm-hmm. like so just uh, weigh all those things be the, the you know try to reduce your medication be the master of yourself meaning I live my life the way I want to live mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, uh, and as well, just going to simple things. Like, as I told you the, the last time we talked, when I started to, um, heal myself, I actually was not in a good place financially, mm-hmm. but since I heal myself, I'm in a better place because I don't spend my money where I used to spend it. I spend it in good things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I started to save money because I was juicing a lot and I went through a phase where. We, we were all vegetarian in the house, so we saved a lot on the meat, and it was a good way to detox as well. And then, uh, you know, you uh, because I saved so much money towards that, we bought, uh, you know, reverse osmosis and the distiller as well mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the water. And you know, then once you start to look after yourself, you you know you save money. Like, for example, I don't use. Um, any uh, beauty products i use coconut oil olive oil for my skin or whatever but then you save on that as well and everything adds up mm-hmm. and then you can look after yourself even better you know mm-hmm. you have the money to spend in uh, you know in magnesium flakes to do your all you yeah. know you know your magnesium oil yourself and mm-hmm. stuff like that so as i say there's no uh, even somebody who's completely broke they can get better just by one day just saying listen i just want to get better and have a example a fasting day that day and you'll see by the end of the day you are already feeling better yes you know so and it doesn't cost anything you're actually saving money because you're not eating the food (laughs) that you should eat yeah so it's just as simple as that Mm -hmm. i will tell them you know uh you are your own master and healing is super cheap Mm. super easy and super fast
0: Mm. that's beautiful thank you so very much for all of that that was amazing you have a very clear mind as well
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a long way. I've been, you know, I've been, uh, uh, you know, my sister used to call me the doormat. I like, I have friends who are not really friends with me or things like that. So yeah. my journey has been not only physically, it's been intellectually because now I know so much more that I, what I used to know. Yeah. And, um, and as well, you know, like, uh, I know that I'm going to live so much, um, knowledge for my kids, you know, so much uh, uh, traces behind me and so much uh, healing as well. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm trying to be a good person with my friends, tell them how I feel, like I never lie. You know, even if something shocked me, you know, by example, my friends will say, oh, you know, I'm going to take the vaccine. And I would tell them, you are free to do whatever you want, but Mm -hmm. you should know this or this or that. Before I would have kept all that uh, opinion for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, not judging, thinking I wasn't the best Mm-hmm. To judge anybody but now i just tell people really the truth what's in the bottom of my heart and i always tell them it's because i care for you you yes. know like i don't say that just to mm. you know uh, put you out of your way it's just because i love you mm. i love you and i want to protect you mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. it and i think we should nobody should be ashamed to say i love you
0: mm-hmm. no absolutely not absolutely not that that was Absolutely magnificent. Thank you so very Thank much. Thank you.
1: I was trying not to be too emotional today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with expressing how you feel. There's a big yeah, problem yeah, in yeah. not expressing how you feel.
1: Oh, you see, you gave us such an opportunity because I'm not talking even on my name, but yeah. I think everybody who needs who can talk with you and tell them about a the real experience. It's a further healing for us. Yes. Because it's so good to be able to tell your story to even more people because yes. it's something you can walk follow the path you know you Mm. can connect with other people and instead of talking about what's on television or what's going on you know in the mainstream media we should all be talking about what have I done to go through I don't know the mourning of my dad or what I've done you know and all exchanging all our knowledge Mm -hmm. to heal each other and to get better in life it will be so much better if we didn't have uh, you know mainstream media and television and all
0: that yeah well one one of the the reasons for doing this back to health series was because I was I was we would, I was talking to my girlfriend we were looking at a whole load of stuff and she said you should be getting people to tell their stories and she's absolutely right but yeah. it's also when you look back at it in in, in ancient history and the ancient tribes and stuff they they used to tell their history through dance and through stories and through 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 music yeah. and what I'm hopeful is that we can start to get some of that frequency some of that energy back as we share yeah. our stories with each other because we're just normal people we're just everyday people yeah. and we're sharing and you know that. I
2: think
1: yeah. And I think as well, there's the 11, what is it? No, 100 monkey tail. Yeah. There's a scientist yep. who said that, uh, you, you know that tail. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I think when you get to 100 interview, I think something big is going to happen.
0: Mm, there. That would be interesting. I think we're at about number 18 <laughs> or 19 right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, you know, uh, yeah, we have all our life in front of us. <laughs> of course we do. Yeah.
0: And it, it's, 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 it's yeah. a long and healthy life. It, you know, yeah, it, I, it can be amazing. Like you, I'm in, I'm in better health now than I've been yeah. ever.
1: And you, you're a better person as well. Yeah. And you you know that's, uh, you know, by example, I have no regrets. Like if I had to go back to the young myself and mm-hmm. said, oh, you're going to be super sick and it's going to be horrible. I wouldn't even tell myself that because no. I want myself to go through it yes. because I learned so much and I'm such yeah. a better person now. So Try for it. me,
2: yeah.
1: it was my uh, the thing I had to go through to yeah. get where I am now. And I'm yeah. really grateful for
0: it. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. And the stuff I've been through is exactly the same. I wouldn't want to re experience it, but I'm glad I went through it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of tried to protect every other people not to yeah. go through that, but uh, yeah. in the meantime, you know, just uh, it changed me as a person, and uh, yeah. I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I'm extremely grateful to you for having the courage to come on and share your story. I really appreciate it. We all do.
1: Oh, but the opportunity you gave to everybody and to me, a a million thanks.
0: Well, likewise, and to you too. That's marvelous. I will get this edited up over the next day or two. Uh, it'll go on the other platforms first. I will send you yeah. a link so you can have a listen to it and have a watch of it and you can share it.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I told all my friends at school, all my friends <laughs> I work with. And uh, so you're going to get loads of subscribers and uh, it's just going to be, as I said, the 100 monkey yeah. thing.
0: Fantastic. It's just going
1: to be fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. You look after yourself and stay well.
2: Yeah, you too. Thank, thank you. you so much. You thank yeah. you. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thank you. bye, bye. bye. bye.